You are listening to Carly and Aveline on the New School Podcast, episode number five, Curriculum 101. Welcome to the New School Podcast with your hosts, Carly Baum and Aveline Brunsma. At New School, we are empowering parents, educating at home in the new normal. Whatever configuration of education you landed on for your children this year, we are confident some component is going to include educating in the home environment. That's where we come in. We are here to encourage and support you with proven home education techniques, empowering mindset advice, and an overall positive conversation on how supplementing your children's education at home can lead to exceptional outcomes, both educationally and within your relationships. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in to today's episode. Are you ready for Curriculum 101? I hope so. We've got a juicy episode for you today. Ordinarily, we like to keep our episodes shorter and easily digestible, and that's what you can expect from us most of the time. But we have had so many requests for an overview of curriculum, why it's important, how to work with it, where to get it, how much to get, on and on it goes. We have heard you, and today we are delivering. But before we dive in, I want to give you a quick overview of what to expect to make sure these 50 minutes will be well spent for you. The first thing we want to emphasize is that curriculum is a massive topic with as many opinions on it as there are options of which direction you can go. What we are aiming to do in this episode is relay Aveline's extensive experience of over 35 years teaching in all grade levels, in class, and at home. In this episode, she explains how curriculum can serve your home education journey as a backbone structure to your days, and even how it can serve you if your child is doing e-learning through their school, or is attending school but is home intermittently because of our present educational reality in 2020. Aveline calls curriculum a jumping-off point, a place to learn fundamental skills incrementally, building confidence blocks within you and your child as the year goes on. Curriculum is not the end-all be-all, though. Not at all. Educating in the home is all about jumping off from the curriculum and learning richer and deeper in an experiential way with you and your family, taking the main concepts and running with them in a way that serves you, your children, and the energy of your home. Aveline also provides some insider understanding of the basic skill sets that different school subjects aim to teach and why understanding that is so important. When comparing your curriculum options, this is a fantastic understanding about curriculum that will truly empower you in your new role as teacher. Finally, toward the end, she gives some recommendations of curriculum providers that you can research to see if they will be a good fit for your family. We want to preface this section by saying that it is not an exhaustive list. There are many we didn't have time to include. She simply wanted to recommend a few that she has seen great results from and provide an honest account of their strengths and weaknesses. One final note before we get started. The curriculum recommendations we make in this episode come from various ends of the spectrum, with a focus on high-quality instruction on fundamental educational outcomes. With the history of the homeschool movement having some deep roots in faith-based communities, some of the curriculum we will share with you today will be from faith-based organizations, while others will be brilliant educational programs as well that are not aligned with any particular faith. We want to be clear that New School Podcast is not aligned with any faith organization itself. We honor the individual preferences and journeys of each of the families who tune into our show. At New School, we are simply working to empower you, the parent, as you educate at home in your new normal. And today we want to equip you with an introduction to the topic of curriculum in general. We hope that after listening, 
you feel more informed and confident when it comes to making any full, part, or supplementary curriculum choices for your family this year. Okay, phew, you made it through the intro. Now let's dive into Curriculum 101. The class is now in session. Hi, Eveline. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing really well. I'm so excited to chat on this topic today. We are going to tackle Curriculum 101. And I know for myself, especially going into my first year home educating, I'm so looking forward to hearing your advice and your wisdom on this topic because I think for a lot of us who haven't educated in the home yet, curriculum feels very overwhelming. A um, lot of questions about it. Where do you go? What do you choose? Where do you even start? So I'm very excited to chat with you about this today while you educate me and everyone listening on what we need to be looking for when it comes to curriculum and how to move forward. Sounds awesome. There's so much to be known about it and there's so much to share about it for sure. Perfect. So you just start and I'll ask questions as we go along. Okay, that sounds great, Carly. Um, you know, the one thing I wanted to really be clear of, and it's been, it's been numerous years that I've been um, meeting with parents, directing parents, going into homes and seeing the curriculum that's being used either in combination or singly. And there's some common threads that create a really good educational circumstance with regards to the choice of curriculum that you make. Um, I wanted to just have a few disclaimers though first, Carly, because uh, curriculum is not the entire answer to a successful, um, whether that's a home education program where you've decided to completely home educate your child at home on your own, or, or whether your child has come home and the school is sending you materials, curriculum can be an absolute game changer in terms of fortifying your program and giving the child independence as well as giving the parent um, the plans for each day. However, it isn't the end-all be-all in terms of answers for great education. So here's a couple of little disclaimers. Uh, will your curriculum meet all the needs of your program? And the answer is no. Do all schools use the same curriculum? No, they don't. Do all teachers teach concepts in the same way? Absolutely not. You could go to two different schools that are blocks apart in the same city with the same jurisdictional criteria, and you'll see that two teachers are teaching in a very different format. Is one right or one wrong? No, they're both doing it the way that it works best for them with the curriculum that they have been given and in the manner that works best within that school environment. Right. Uh, here's another question. Do all schools use the same curriculum? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. So general curriculums give structure to skills-based courses. So tonight I'd like to talk a little bit about skills-based courses and then content-based courses because they are quite different. Right. Can you elaborate a little bit on that about which ones break into skills-based and which ones are content-based? Absolutely. So language arts and mathematics are definitively skills-based courses. So we want curriculum that's incremental in nature, that understands where a child of that age would be, and breaks that that breaks that curriculum down into the component parts. I'm going to use language arts as a bit of an example here. For instance, language arts in say grades one through grade six, you're going to get a reading component and that reading component is going to have phonics, sight words, it's going to have fiction and non-fictional reading, it's going to have reading comprehension, there's going to be oral reading, silent reading, that's just reading. 
And then you can go into your writing where you're talking about, for the younger grades, you're talking about printing. You may be talking about cursive. You're talking about functional writing. So writing, that's writing a letter or writing a report. And you're also talking about creative writing. And within those genres of writing there, again, you can springboard into a whole lot of different styles. Continuing with language arts, you've also got your spelling and vocabulary. So you want that child to be gaining that really nice, strong base in spelling and spelling rules. And then you also want to encourage them to keep uh, accumulating vocabulary. And that vocabulary, this is where we cross over between skills and content-based. Skills and content-based courses both require a significant amount of understanding of the specific vocabulary for those courses. So make vocabulary a very, you know, a, a forefront idea in your homeschooling program. And then finally, for language arts, there's listening, viewing, and speaking. And as we all know, when we, when our child leaves school or when we left school, we want to be very articulate in listening for meaning. We want to be articulate in viewing something and, and, and obtaining meaning and being able to analyze that uh, item that we viewed. As well as when we're speaking, we want to be articulate in our speech, use a variety of vocabulary, know how to use inflection, maybe even be able to speak in a debate format, et cetera, et cetera. So language arts, as you can tell, is a very strong skills-based course with a whole bunch of little mini courses built right into it. Same thing with mathematics. When you get into mathematics, again, skills-based course, uh, lots of specific skills based on jurisdictional requirements for grade level, but still skills-based, so you can use a variety of curriculums to achieve that outcome. Now, when you go into social studies and science, those two, and social studies is going to be called a lot of different things in a lot of different jurisdictions. It might be called history. There might be a geography component. There might be a government component. There might be, um, you know, just a whole variety of different names that are attributed to social studies. Right. And then there's the science. Well, science, again, very much a lot of data that you need to accumulate in the sense of science is full and rich with interesting and beautiful data. But every jurisdiction is going to have some jurisdictional guidelines for specific grades with the materials that they want that child to learn. So, in, for instance, in our province of Alberta, there's some excellent places where you can go and get a, a very nice um, insight into what those curriculum criteria are by going to Learn Alberta, by going to our programs of studies, and, and diving in there and seeing what the vocabulary is and seeing what those criteria are. Right. So wherever people are listening in from, if they were to seek out a similar resource in their region, that would guide them in understanding what those essential building blocks uh, are required out of a curriculum that they're vetting out yeah. if that will work for their family. They need to check first with their program of studies within their region and then compare that to the curriculum that they're looking at. I, ideally, yes, that's, that's perfect. And then I would even go one little step further for science and social studies. I like to have a backbone curriculum for both. So I might, I might, if I was working with, say, a grade six student, I know that a lot of times grade six students are starting to work with government. So pot potentially either in, in an American 
situation or in a Canadian situation, we might have a really beautiful resource on government, giving them that base of understanding on how government works, why we have government, and why government is so necessary within our society. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, so, so there's some beautiful base curriculums that you could incorporate into that skills area. And I even think a, that once you've accomplished, say you've got three units in science that are jurisdictional and they're in your programs of studies, some programs of studies have a parent guide, some programs of studies have a year at a glance. Those are really nice documents too. That year at a glance just gives you that overview of the grade, just like what we talked about the other day. But then you add in the background of that, you might add a beautiful science workbook that covers solid science materials because it's different when you're teaching at home you can't be constantly um, verbally teaching you have to be able to at some moment in time say all right we've talked about photosynthesis now we have uh, we and you know in the back of your mind that you've covered the materials that say your um, program of sub-studies wants you to cover, but you've got this beautiful resource. It's got about five pages in one unit on plants and photosynthesis and how plants grow. And you might, you know, plant a bean plant. That's a typical one because they grow so fast. So having that little bit of an extra piece of curriculum in the background, even knowing your jurisdictional areas and your units that you should cover, just gives you that little bit of um, leeway for freedom as you're teaching. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it really helps yeah. understand that uh, when it comes to math and language arts, they're skill-based. And then when it comes to science and history or social studies, it's content-based. Like just when I'm comparing curriculums online, to have that kind of an understanding of the difference in what you're teaching and what data you're hoping to relay to exactly. your children, that really helps when you're comparing your options when it comes to curriculum. I think, I think too, yeah, comparing your options and then parents are instinctually, that's one thing I've always noticed. I, I will give direction on cur curriculums and even today we will talk about some really beautiful curriculums mm -hmm. that will meet that backbone criteria. They're not the all in all, but they will meet that backbone of your curriculum that you've got that you've got that ready to go and you know that your child's going to get this excellent learning. Um, but then you've got parents are very um, good intuitively. Once they start looking at the programs of studies in the year at a glance of saying, Oh, wow, I could incorporate, I could even incorporate that concept of history into the writing assignment that we're doing in the journal that we're developing for early, I don't know, Canadian history. Right. So like folding social studies into language arts or yes. them at the same time to fortify the, the learning that's happening in both subjects. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I know that's really, really neat. And so then um, I think that that's really helpful. It's really helpful to know um, just looking at those that you're, you're looking for a curriculum that is kind of uh, what's the word it moves incrementally and they're they're accruing these building blocks of confidence and I think we were chatting earlier that as parents we don't have years of lesson plans to fall back on so when it comes to 
teaching in the home, you do wonder what are we going to teach every day? And I think curriculum is so essential for that is once it's established, we know it lines up with the program of studies or what's expected of us regionally to accomplish within this grade level. Having that curriculum to fall back on gives you a daily rhythm, something to fall back on to teach and jump off from. And then you can enrich that learning as you go along in your day or in your week. Once you've had that I guess that springboard to jump off of it. I think you call right. it the backbone, right? To, to yeah. fall back on, to know that you've got mm -hmm. that guiding your learning as the year goes on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and remember to teacher learns the most. Um, as a parent, you may go in with a bit of trepidation. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of opinion about whether this can work or whether that can't work. I, I always say to parents, put that behind you. You're doing what you've chosen is the right decision for your children and your home at this point in your history. Put that any kind of, um, you know, nervousness about it aside and go, I've got this whole year to accomplish these particular criteria with my child. And I'm going to, I'm going to have this beautiful backbone curriculum that's going to be there for me. And then as I grow, I will know more and I will be able to interject more with more data and more, you know, insightful um, curriculum ideas or insightful uh, ideas about how you can incorporate your, your learning. I love that. I completely agree. I look forward to that this year to experiencing that and learning alongside my daughter that we yeah. can just, you know, you use the curriculum, but as, as it brings things up and she asks questions and I look deeper into it to answer those questions, we learn and grow together. And, and you're right. You don't have to have it all figured out to start. You're going to grow together and evolve on this journey together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I just put a little aside there too? I know we, we, so far in our podcast, we've talked a lot more about grade one, I would say grade one through nine, because mm -hmm. what we've just spoken about works beautifully from grade one through nine. Now, even right. grade nine, because grade nine is sometimes considered high school and is entry into high school. Um, some jurisdictions have uh, exams for the end of those years. Then I always uh, recommend the parents again go to the programs of studies and download um, the key to the key to the testing, or what is expected of your child in this testing. Or you can even take uh, courses outside of your home to pre-prep them for that type of testing. But for high school too, you say the child. Um, is in high school and they're taking all their coursework and then all of a sudden uh, something happens, especially with our new reality, and they're sent home either for two weeks or potentially for longer. There are beautiful curriculums that can support the, the um, outcomes for high school and at the same time not cause the child to deviate away from their core values of what they're doing in each of those courses. Um, and, a, and a really good example of that is even some of our own materials at Start Communications is children really need to know how to do that essay and do it well. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're home for a whole two weeks and they and they, uh, they're not getting enough materials, but they know that at the end of that school year, especially in the grade 12 years, they're gonna have to submit that essay. And that essay is gonna have to be written in a sophisticated format, either as a literary essay or as an argumentative essay. They might go on a format like TPT, where we have our curriculum and or other people's curriculum and use something there to fortify their writing skills during that period of time. Right. So even high school, you can, 
you can give them a solid base of extra material to fortify what they're learning at school, especially if, say, the teachers pivot time, and, and God bless the teachers because, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine being an in-class teacher and being required to pivot that quickly mm -hmm. to now be giving all of this data, especially at a high school level, to kids while they're at home. Yeah. So having something like that just gives you that extra bit as well for your high school student to, to, to continue their growth. Absolutely. I think we've talked about that before. Like the teachers are managing so much that's new and trying to just, I don't know, they're just doing so much new as we all are in this new reality. But like you said, to preside over in-class learning and then pivot so quickly to online at a moment's notice, it's so nice. And I think that's a huge focus of this podcast is to equip and empower parents with supplementary information, um, resources that they can help continue to fortify their children's learning at home. Maybe during that downtime, the child has been struggling with essay writing in a particular format and they can lean on various resources for supplementary. Exactly. Yeah. yeah strengthening of those yeah. skill sets. That's so important. So now um, you have a couple tips too. Can you give us a couple of general tips? I think for a lot of people, we might fall down a rabbit hole um, when it comes to curriculum of thinking we need to buy all the bells and whistles or just becoming overwhelmed with what's all out there. So could you give us some of your tips on how to save money and what, what to look for, what's necessary and what's unnecessary? Yeah, so, so good question there, Carly. The, the rabbit holes are intense, especially when you're at the beginning because there's so many websites, there's so many curriculums, there's so many ways and directions that you can go. And so I really encourage parents, especially in their first year, pick a good one and just go for it. Don't be researching for 15 days and then you're behind the eight ball in middle of September, your curriculum's still not there. So try to avoid the rabbit holes where you're just going on and on and on looking at varied curriculums. Look at a few good curriculums, make some decisions and then go with it. Your year is fluid. You can add or delete as you go. Now, the other thing is, um, that you don't want to, uh, the, I, I always tell parents, save dollars. So for instance, if you have a young, young child and you're getting a grade one curriculum that's full out, it's got all your language arts, it's got all your math, and then based on whatever jurisdiction you're in, maybe social studies, maybe science, and then art, health, there's all these subjects have curriculum that is available to them. What I, what I always encourage parents is don't spend the money on all the lesson plans and all the teacher resources and all the answer keys when you're talking grade one, grade two, grade three. Generally speaking, the parent's going to be able to look at the work and see if it's correct. So that's a big, that can be a very, very big uh, savings of money there. Um, by the necessities. So first and foremost, get yourself a solid, well-developed, language arts curriculum that has all of those language arts aspects and then math a good solid math curriculum that has all of the aspects of math that you're looking for and if there might be say one unit or two units like for instance uh, statistics and probability isn't always presented in every curriculum so you might just do that little unit from a tpt unit that teachers pay teachers unit that might be a little add-on at the end and 
because the percentage that that is worth is less than say 5%, it may not even happen, but to the best of your ability, you're gonna cover everything that you need to cover. And then don't overbuy whatever you do. You've got your library, you can go to your library for reading books. There's a beautiful set of reading books that you just want to have in your house, of course, get those. Um, and even with reading books, make sure that the reading books, especially if it's in the younger grades, that they are fortifying the growth of both sight words, uh, phonemics, and then reading comprehension. So you're not getting books that are way ahead of the child. You're trying to really settle in on books that will work for that age group of child. And then independence, I cannot say this loud enough or long enough or hard enough. This is one thing that if I could tell every single family that's going to be doing this, particularly independently, um, is you've got to be able to create independence in the child where you say to the child, we've learned this. Now I want you to take these two pages of work. I want you to work through them. Of course, if you have questions, you can ask me. But as much as possible, I'd like to see how you do independently in this work. Right. Super important yeah. when you're home with your children 24-7, educating Absolutely. them and then trying to spend time together as a family outside of the, the time that you spend schooling. I can That's fantastic advice because you just need to establish those rhythms right in the very beginning that there's that expectation. And I think that will establish so much confidence in the child as well as they learn that they can learn on their own and work through problems on their own. I think that's great for both parties, the parent and the child. And and especially to uh, Carly, if you're say you're a family with four kids and you you've just jumped off the diving board and you're going to homeschool yeah. four yeah. children all at once, you not only do you need that independence, but but you've got to set it up in such a way that the rhythms of teaching allow you a little bit of free time too, where they're all head to paper, or mm -hmm. they're writing in their journals, or they're writing that story. In some some parts, say you do have three to four children, uh, some parts you can combine, say, that grade three and that grade five, and you might be working on paragraph development, but that paragraph development is going to be at this level for the three, at this mm -hmm. level for the five, but then you're going to say to both of them, okay, you're going to be sitting over there, you're going to be sitting over there. I'd like to see you give me that intro sentence, conclude sentence, three solid sentences in between, and some support. Now you've got them both working on it independently, and that can take half an hour, but it's well worth it. That's really important time for them. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to chatting in a future episode. I know we've had a lot of questions from parents about teaching with different aged children in the home, whether it's that they're all school aged or, you know, in, in my, in my present circumstance, one is school aged, one is preschool, and then one is only a one-year-old. So that I, I'm excited for us to touch on that more because I know parents want yeah. more advice on that and myself mm -hmm. included. <laughs> so we'll double back on that. I also want to mention one note about you mentioning TPT earlier. That's teachers pay teachers, like you said, and I will include in our show notes, we're going to explain some curriculum recommendations coming up here. Those will also be in the show notes, but teachers pay teachers is an excellent resource. It's available to the public it was I think founded to support teachers it was teachers sharing their lesson plans and being compensated for that and other people purchasing them and using them in their classroom but it's an excellent resource for homeschooling parents or like you said earlier Aveline parents who are at home with their kids they need a little 
uh, fortify, they want to fortify a particular skill set, you hop on there, you search out what you're looking for in the grade level, and some mm -hmm. brilliant resources created by teachers are, are going to come up to solve your problem for you. We have resources on there. I'll leave the link in the show notes for our resources. But that's an excellent recommendation for parents to uh, provide some supplementary resources to their children this year. That's an awesome website to visit. I like that one a lot because you're also, back to the jurisdictional, you're also able to go in there and say, oh, I live in Connecticut. Yes. Uh, are there any units specific to my grade five child in my state? And do those, those criteria meet the core curriculum requirements in, the, right. in, in my particular state? So it's, it, I think TPT even goes beyond uh, the United States and Canada. I think it's worldwide. It's, uh, it's definitely got lots of wonderful resources. That's a juicy nugget for us to pass along to anybody who's new to educating in the home or educating in general. Mm -hmm. TPT is going to be an amazing, amazing kind of assist for them this year. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to throw that in the show notes so our listeners can find information by visiting that website. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add to the conversation of curriculum before we share some of the, the, I guess, curriculums that you've had great success with in the past? Yeah, I think I, I, think I just want to um, also just emphasize scenario one and scenario two that, right. that you and I talked about earlier is, say your school provides the books and the structure, and, um, and that's wonderful, and your teacher has had to pivot again there, or say it's your teacher that is now choosing to teach online, and say... Uh, say potentially your child is running through that material really rapidly for whatever reason, or in, in, in that scenario, you want to be very um, intent on what they're doing. You, you need to know it's not something that you just say to your child, go to your room and do your schoolwork. That's not the way it's going to work. They still need your supervision and they need your assist there. But there's lots of backup curriculum that can help you in that scenario too. So some of these curriculums that I'm talking about right now that will be wonderful for a full curriculum are also wonderful for a backup for that scenario. Um, I know a few children that I had chatted with or parents that I had chatted with when everything switched over in, I think it was about March. Um, I gave them suggestions for math and language arts where they could fortify what the teacher was doing and then they could add this bit so that they got a little bit more happening and that the child was engaged for a bit longer in the day yeah and then the scenario scenario oh, two, no that sorry for interrupting there Carly, no but so scenario two is what we've been talking about already parents that are saying you know during this year with all this uncertainty we are choosing to home educate our children and i'll talk about the specific curriculums that you would look at for that yeah, that's awesome. I, I, either way, it's nice to have some curriculum in your home to support your children's learning. Uh, oh, yeah. Right? I, I, I can't say it enough. And my years of home educating you uh, made me so aware of each of your learning styles. I also started to rec recognize each child's passion areas. So maybe you're finished all your science units for the year, but this child is just fascinated with this particular element of science, well, you can find beautiful curriculum resources for that. I think that's wonderful. I think that's a real um, unexpected benefit when everything, you know, in March happened and all kids were sent home is to, and of course, at first overwhelming for so many parents juggling the change in their, in their work scenario and then their children home. But on the flip side, we, we all 
many of us had to become extremely present to the way our children learned and how they engaged with the resources that were sent yeah. from the teachers. Yeah. And that's invaluable knowledge after, once we move past this time to know, to have studied the way your child studies, to see mm -hmm. the way they take things in. And those, those are tools in your toolkit that you're never going to, um, you're going to use them for forever. You're never, never going to be sad that you learned that because it's going to enable you to understand your child better and to help them learn better. So it's, it's neat whether we're doing home education full on or kids are heading back to school for parents to observe how their children learn and to supplement their learning at home in any kind of way, I think is just a win-win. Absolutely. And then uh, I, I have a, uh, just a funny little quick anecdotal story there. I, I was visiting a beautiful mom in um, Blairmore, Alberta. I used to have sort of south of Alberta when the whole homeschooling movement uh, sort of was just being birthed. And I visited her and she was going to teach her son grade 10, 11, and 12 because he just wasn't functioning that well within the school system. She got all the textbooks she went after it. She read every single textbook herself. Her summers were full of reading and research. And at the end, I wasn't sure who should get the grade 12 diploma. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> would it be the son or would it be the mom? So I, when I went to the house, I just had a little certificate made up for her because she literally transformed in all of our presences into this more well-read, well-studied, person and it was just like to me it was a delight to, to oh. go into her home and see the growth yes in the son and yes he did graduate high school and yes in the mom because she ha herself had not graduated high school so it was a, a, the, anecdotally there's so many stories like that the growth in the parent is is equal to the growth in the child I love that. And I think, again, that's a beautiful thing to talk about here as we're, as so many of us are pivoting and figuring out this new normal and choosing to educate at home, there can be um, a temptation to lean into feeling like this is hard, or I wouldn't have chosen this if, if we hadn't all been living through this pandemic and life was felt so unrecognizable. And not that, not that any parents are necessarily going into it begrudgingly, but that it's hard. It's different. It's a lot of change mm -hmm. that none of us were expecting. And to hear stories like that and to even switch our mindset to say, you know, this could be a year of blossoming for me, of growth for yeah. me as yeah. I help my children grow. Yeah. You know, I think most of us can look back on our life and witness seasons of tremendous growth and think, wow, that was so worth it. How it stretched me and how I grew and how I learned that I was capable of so much more than I thought I was. And I think that's going to happen for so many parents this year too as they help their children right along, they're going to grow so much more than they expected. And that, that's just another beautiful outcome of embracing this journey. Yeah. It creates that platform for the rest of your child's schooling. Um, right. It just helps you to see what that, how that child learns. Um, you know, every child learns very differently. And um, as a parent, that's a very empowering element of knowing your child. 100%. Yeah. Whatever they end up doing for school beyond this year, having gotten to know them on this level serves you and serves them forevermore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. So before we get into your list of curriculum, we wanted to preface that, like you said in the beginning, no one curriculum is a one size fits all. Every jurisdiction is different. And there are tons of, of curriculum brands, I guess, that we're not going to list here that are probably excellent and people can seek them out for themselves. We just wanted to offer the listeners 
our listeners um, some some names of some curriculums that you've had good experiences with in your extensive experience presiding over home education um, so that they could just check out some websites and see if those curriculums resonate with them and their family and the way they're going into this year of education. So whatever names you mention here, I will be sure to include their websites in our show notes so that listeners can just click them from the, from where they're listening from the podcast, um, whatever uh, platform they're listening on, they can just click on these URLs and go check out these websites for themselves, but we'll just jump off from what you've had good experience with. That sounds great, Carly. Uh, there are many curriculums. The one thing I want a little quick disclaimer about curriculums is uh, oftentimes on a book, say uh, there, there's, especially this comes out just before summer, it'll say an all-inclusive curriculum covering all aspects of this grade. And then it's one little workbook. Those are just, those are those are to help you <laughs> fortify uh, right. your child's learning, but they are not full curriculum. So you'll see those in different places like Costco or different stores. Um, they're great. They're, they're wonderful. They add a little tidbit, but they're not full curriculum. So the ones I'm going to mention right now are, are going to be that more thorough uh, look at curriculum. And some of them are just, well, uh, the ones I've listed, I feel very strongly about most of them. Okay. So I'm going to start with math and we're going to go to a non-faith-based curriculum. Uh, the first math non-faith-based uh, non one is Saxon, S-A-X-O-N. When you're looking at Saxon, it meets and exceeds criteria for most jurisdictions. I do want to give you a little heads up that the naming of the books are a little funky. Um, so grade four is called five slash four. Grade five is six slash five. So it's the last number that you're looking at that gives you the grade. I've had parents get that mixed up and then they end up with a grade below and that's not what we want to do. Okay. Uh, that one is used in, uh, in um, lots, within lots of schools. Jump curriculum, very good. Two workbooks goes, I believe, right up to the grade seven, eight, nine level. And uh, jump is used in schools. It is also used at home. Very easy to use, um, very clear nice nice um nice workbooks that you can work through the, the school year uh singapore another excellent curriculum disclaimer here in the states is a bit different than in canada so in the states you're looking for your your american one and in canada you're looking for your canadian one pearson pearson's a curriculum designer that a lot of schools will use but you can also get workbooks in the pearson curriculum so those are my favorite non-faith-based math curriculums Wonderful. and if it was if it was a brand new parent that just says just tell me one of them um, i would say the first two that i mentioned take a look at those first but again we don't want to be playing favorites with any of these curriculums right the the faith-based curriculums that are excellent are a becca e-a-b-e-k-a um, it's called arithmetic, so you may have a few of the more modern math concepts that may not show up in this curriculum, but you're going to get that hugely profound core of your math. Uh, BJU, which is Bob Jones University, that is, a, um, that is another beautiful curriculum, well-written. Horizons, 
H-O-R-I-Z-O-N-S, another beautiful faith-based math curriculum. If I'm picking of those two that are closest to meeting um, criteria for jurisdictional, I would pick the first two again, the BJU okay. and the ABECA. Horizons is very lovely. It's got lots of color, and that may just be the, 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 the ticket for your child. Now I'm going to jump into um, language arts. I'm going to go into non-faith-based I want to draw your attention back to the fact that language arts is a conglomerate of very uh, is, is a conglomerate of a, a multitude of little courses. It's so you're going to need curriculum for elements of each course. There's there's no one big book that you're going to get that's going to meet the standard for spelling and vocabulary and writing and uh, reading. So I'm going to give you some curriculums that are non-face based and I'm going to say whether they are full or they are part and I'll give you an idea of what they are part for the part that they are covering Wonderful. so writing with excellence beautiful curriculum well developed that is your writing curriculum Pearson is a full is a curriculum developer so you could probably get all elements of a grade of curriculum for language arts in that uh, in, in Pearson. Uh, reading with excellence, again, in combination with writing with excellence, and it is your reading component, your reading comprehension, uh, phonemics, whatever grade it is that you're working on, that's what the base is going to be. Uh, here's a few that are parts of the whole. Easy grammar, nicely done, explode the code, Plaid phonics. You have all seen this, if not used it when you're in school. Oh, it's still <laughs> I, around. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's still around and it's still great. <laughs> A spectrum. And then we've got our Evan Moore. You've seen Evan Moore all over the place. Pieces of the whole, not a whole curriculum. Um, the Reading Detective, lovely reading curriculum for comprehension and sort of getting that child to look at reading from a more multifaceted, a functional nature where they're trying to understand, grasp, know the vocabulary, interpret the literature, etc. Uh, Progeny Press. Progeny Press is great for unit studies or book. So you're going to do a, a, a study of the Blue Dolphin. I think that's maybe grade five, grade six. Progeny Press may even have a book review style unit for the Blue Dolphin. Um, I like to get students into an analytical mode about literature, so I prefer to move them into essays even as early as fifth grade, sixth grade. But this, this may be very nice for some families where they're reading a book that they love and this child can work through this workbook about that book. And then Wordsmith. So those are the non-faith-based curriculum parts. There are no full curriculums there, but there are aspects that will meet the needs of a portion of your curriculum. Um, I can't say that any of them is um, a bad or a weak curriculum. I think they're all really well written, really well done. What I like about Evan Moore is he dapples with all kinds of short units. Uh, so you might be working on, I don't know, you know, um, a, a type of a type of animal or a grouping of animals, and he may have a whole book on invertebrates, and it's got beautiful pictures and all kinds of analytical data and and things that they can draw and things that they can read. So I like I like him for that. You can jumpstart into a lot of different um, a lot of different um, 
subjects. Okay, so the faith-based LA curriculums. Now I'm going to be giving you two full curriculums. And when I say full curriculums for the younger children, I'm not a fan of ordering all the teacher guides, etc. I'm more of a fan of getting the full, the full student uh, unit. So in both of these curriculums, you can order student unit for your grade level. And it will give you your workbooks for um, say the structure of language, your, your punctuation, your capitalization, all of that stuff. It will give you beautiful reading books. It will have a whole guide to say if it's a grade one or grade two, the phonemics. Um, and, and, and this, these two curriculums go all the way to grade 12. Mm. In Alberta, you can actually do these curriculums right up to grade 11, 12. I'll, I'll get into that in a totally different podcast if someone was ever interested, or if you wanted to put your questions onto our, uh, onto our Facebook. Um, it's probably easier to answer that question because those are one-offs or outliers. Okay. So the first two curriculums are ABECA, A-B-E-K-A. Cannot say enough about this as a faith-based curriculum for, for children as high as grade nine. It's advanced in its nature. The areas that it's very advanced in is vocabulary, spelling, and the rudiments of writing, where you might need to supplement this curriculum a little bit is in the area of writing and the varied types of writing. Uh, the next one is Bob Jones University. Again, a full curriculum. Again, don't order all the, the curriculum lessons and all the all the teacher material for the younger grades. You might need that for the older grades, but I still would rather see you order the student package and not order all of that right at the beginning. And so that one too, Bob Jones University steps a little further into writing. They've done a lot of revamping of their curriculum. And again, this is a faith-based curriculum. Um, don't be surprised that they will be that, that they do share from their faith. That's the way it's written. It's beautifully done. Even if you don't have a faith base in your home and you don't want that type of uh, learning, I still think these curriculums are, both these curriculums are very excellent. Even if you chose to do it with a non-faith base, use these curriculums and then, uh, you know, take out the bits and pieces that just don't work for your family. Right, right. But the, yes. but the fundamentals of it are very sound. Very sound fundamentals. Um, ABEC and Bob Jones University, very sound fundamentals. I, I, I can't say enough. I've seen them in a multitude of homes and the, the outrageous results that the, the families are getting are, are quite beautiful. Wonderful. Then, uh, in the LA, you're going to have a part curriculum. That's Horizons. And again, this is a faith-based curriculum. It's H-O-R-I-Z-O-N or at, and an S at the end. Um, Apologia. Apologia is a definitively faith-based curriculum and it gets into some superb uh, materials on science. So this one steps just beyond LA and goes into science as well. And then Wordly Wise, I wasn't 100% sure if Wordly Wise was a faith-based or a non-faith-based. I just can't remember that one as well, but I like it a lot because it really gets into the origin of words mm. and helps the child understand the word, the meaning of the word, how to incorporate the word, and then the origins of the word so that you get that really rich look at words. Oh, very neat. Yeah, well, so that those are some of the curriculums. Those, that was an education. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That is, I think people will want to listen back to that and just take what works for them and, and leave what doesn't. But it's, it's a brilliant list. I mean, 
obviously of just some curriculum options that are out there, but re remembering and reminding our listeners, you know, of your over 35 years of teaching and over 20 years of overseeing home education families, you have seen these curriculums in action in people's homes. Um, oh, yielding. So, oh, yes. So it's such a, it's such a brilliant, um, I think, what's the word, um, recommendation on your behalf that people can take comfort in knowing that you've seen these used with excellence by normal parents, just like the rest of us. Mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. year. Um, and these will be beautiful resources for people to check out. So I'm going to be sure to list the websites for the companies that you mentioned in our show notes so people can explore their curriculums further online and see if they're a good fit for their family. That's a great idea, Carly. Wonderful. I want to. I want to also say there's other curriculums. I, I couldn't possibly list them all. Yeah. Um. The some of the curriculums that are out there, uh, there there needs to be a little bit of caution with because they 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 function too much in the rote memorization format, and um. But but of course I I would be uh, uh wrong to mention names in particular. But I think you want to get that full, um curriculum that meets the, the guidelines for where you are, but also that um, digs deep enough. Right. That's it. It's, it's a, for parents going into this, it's a multi-step process of look and see based on your educational, the jurisdiction, your jurisdiction and what the educational outcomes are for children at particular grade levels, grade levels, find that program of studies and understand what you need to achieve that year. Then research the curriculums, some of them that we've mentioned here or others if they, if they choose to look elsewhere and make sure that the curriculums that they're choosing are gonna help their children meet and exceed those educational outcomes for their exactly. grade level. And then from yeah. there you can, like you've said before, springboard off of the curriculum, go richer and deeper in your learning as you and your child grow and learn on this journey, but you've got that curriculum, it's, it's guiding you there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just makes life easier that you've got a good solid program sitting there waiting because there's going to be a day where you go, oh, I'm just exhausted or yeah. I've got so much to do and I really still need my child to be learning. Right. And, and that's having that beautiful curriculum in front of you. You can set that up and, um, and, and have it be a sort of extra set of hands. That's, that's a perfect way to describe it. A real peace of mind for the parents to lean yeah. on to know that that they've got what, what they need going forward and then they can jump off of it how they see fit. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. This is going to be, I hope so helpful for people. We'll, we're of course going to deep dive into this more with our digital course coming out in November. Um, and we will happy to answer people's questions as they come in. Lots of things in this episode we can jump off of for future episodes. But for now, I think this is a great intro curriculum 101 what you need to know about curriculum and some places you could get started you know if you need to get moving on it this year this is a great episode to listen to to be enlightened on the subject i know i certainly am after our conversation do you know what it's to me it's getting this piece if you can get this piece right right at the beginning of the year uh it just sets you up for such great success i believe it i believe it yeah. for sure wonderful well thank you again for everything and we will chat again soon we absolutely will. <laughs> Bye now. Okay, I'll talk to you later, okay? Friends, we hope you enjoyed that episode. We hope it empowered you and uplifted you with tangible advice and action steps you can take as you continue to define your family's educational journey this year. If you enjoyed this episode, would you share it with a friend? The more parents we can uplift right now, 
the better. As always, you can reach us at newschool.ca. Be sure to leave your questions for the podcast there and we'll answer them in an upcoming episode. Until next time, remember, in this new normal, there isn't one right way. There is simply the way that feels right to you. And whatever journey you're on, we want to thank you for allowing us to be a part of your new school.